Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. This podcast is the place to learn about healing, transformation, potential, and radiant living. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. Thank you so much for listening and to learn today about true healing from the inside out. This episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel Affiliate, source code meditation, an online education and meditation practice for awakening your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. Go to the show notes for the link to sign up for a free enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you my nine happiness and healing essentials. And also, I now have a Facebook page. It's called uh, Rev Life with Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone. Please go like that page and you can stay updated and connected through that as well. Today's episode is called The Path to Peace Around Food with Brooke Wineland. Brooke coaches women and men struggling with disordered eating and food addiction to break free from their unhealthy relationships with food. She uses neuroscience and mindfulness to inspire transformation and mark the path to peace around food and weight. As a conscious transformation facilitator and energy practitioner, and as a survivor of disorder eating, Brooke brings hope, health, and healing to those suffering due to their relationship with food. Her formal background is in finance, business analytics, and data modeling. Her master's degree is from the Daniels School of Business at the University of Denver. After overcoming her own battle with disordered eating and food addiction, Brooke set on a mission to help others. She finally realized after years of guilt, shame, and turmoil that there is a path to healing and overcoming the cycle of binging that millions of people find themselves trapped in. Now she wants everyone to know the freedom of saying yes to food if they want to or saying no just as easily without feeling anything but calm, peaceful, and happy with their choice. Ending an eating disorder doesn't have to be hard or take a long time. You do not have to rely on hard work, discipline, or willpower. Instead, when you do less instead of more and begin to see things more clearly, you begin to touch that place of peace beyond your fleeting experience. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's awesome to connect with you here. I love your message, and I just think it's something more and more people need to hear. Um, you know, I think as a society, we're just so confused over food and diet and exercise and, you know, there's a peaceful place to be and I'm excited for you to share that today. Thank you. I agree. We have so much pressure, especially as women to look a certain way and to follow diets. It's kind of the standard that if you want to lose weight, then go on a diet. And it's, to me, it's a flawed system. It gets you in your head, trying to control and manipulate things instead of just listening to your body's hunger. And, um, and man, it really messes people up when we're always thinking about food and food is something that controls our life and makes us either have a good day or a bad day. So mm-hmm. it's confusing. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the message that I, I love to share too. So 
What a pleasure to be here with you. I met you in Mexico at a Higher Brain Living Cosmic Consciousness Retreat just this last January. That was awesome. I love conscious transfer. I mean, I love higher brain living. That retreat was awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, to energize our higher brain. So it helps us. It makes this path easier to um, kind of let go and be able to trust ourselves and trust our bodies. And um, I know a lot of what you share today will kind of align with that. And um, yeah, so why don't you start out by telling the listeners a little bit about your own journey and how, where you kind of came from and how you were able to heal and come to peace within yourself. Sure. So I was, I was stuck in an eating disorder for many years, uh, about seven, and I was constantly thinking about food. I think the reason I got there is because I did diet. And starting in high school, I wanted to fit into a prom dress and look really good. And so I decided that I was only going to eat cabbage soup and, you know, salad. Yeah. <laughs> and being the stubborn, stubborn person that I am, I fully committed and jumped in. And man, I did not eat hardly anything for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And our amazing bodies that we have that are looking out for us, of course, don't like it when you don't eat for two weeks. And I think they... Uh, kind of revolt and and force you and then all of a sudden create all these urges inside and then before I knew it uh, some simple thing like dieting turned into feeling panicked and overwhelmed around food feeling completely out of control uh, something where I had good intentions and I wanted to look look like everyone else does and have and be thin and have people love me and look at me and want to be <laughs> me and which is a little bit of a shallow um, outlook and is there's so much more to life. That's also something I've learned, but that's a tangent. Um, anyways, coming back to that space where I felt like I was alone, I felt like I was failing. I would try really hard. I relied on willpower to just force through it and muscle through and control it and Maybe if I just restrict harder, or maybe if I just exercise an hour longer, um, or maybe if I just cut out an entire food group, um, that'll work. And really the truth is it's not, the more we try and force things and control it, I think the further away we get from actually living and being joyful and letting ourselves be uh, free. And so I, several years ago, I came across a spiritual understanding of life that changed everything for me. I saw things more clearly. And then when I did, the habit no longer made sense. And mm-hmm. so instead of, I, when I turned to that deeper place of wisdom inside myself and knowing who I am and turned away from that habitual obsessive thinking, then it wasn't really hard. It just, I, um, it just wasn't discipline or willpower. It was, um, it was just kind of a, an understanding, a deeper meaning. And so that's, that's what I do now. I, I also, part of that was understanding myself and how the brain works and how habits are developed, understanding, like you said, popping up into the higher brain. So when you're stuck in something like that in your head and stressing and trying to plan every single meal and, oh no, I ate six almonds instead of five and the diet said I can only eat five. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) going way overboard. 
uh, kind of pulling it back and, and, and popping up to that higher space um, and connecting to what's really true. Oh, wow. I love that. And what about an amazing place to be where you're kind of uh, tuning into your own wisdom, having the those ahas and moments of clarity where you can kind of see beyond what your current habits are um, creating for yourself. Right. And, and finding that joy and inner peace and love and knowing that that's our natural state just happened to be covered up by some junk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with the fitness industry and the way it is now, and um, you know, uh, the message is really not listen to your body. It's kind of forcing and overdoing and controlling around food, restricting detox. There's just so much out there. You know, I, I love it when I come across like you, which is probably the only other person I've ever met who um, is kind of at that place where you're aware of like the body has a wisdom of what we need and um, that we can listen to that instead of all the rules and shoulds and things out there. Yeah, our body knows what to do. And it, it really is simple. We, we're humans. We're just like all the other animals. We eat when we need to eat. We sleep. Well, actually, that's a problem too, sleeping when we need to sleep. But yeah. <laughs> you have cues of you have an itch on your shoulder, so scratch it. You know, it's, it's, your body has that wisdom. And kind of when you start getting inside of it with a diet and saying, I can only eat that or I can't eat that or I can, like you said, the shoulds and the rules and the I have to, I can't eat after 5 p.m. and um, I'm only allowed X amount of calories a day. That seems crazy to me, regardless of what you did the day before. Maybe you had a really busy, stressful day or you were working out, ran a marathon, and then the next day, obviously, you're going to need to eat more and your body will tell you that. And if you listen, um, and just follow those cues, your body's really smart and you, it's easy, it's natural and it's not forcing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. I just heard a gal talking about, um, like she was feeling bad for having eaten some pizza before, like before dinner, before she went to this one class. And then she had the aha during this, um, it's a, it's called Koya. It's this woman, like a feminine movement embodiment <laughs> class. And she was saying that all of a sudden she realized that, that pizza had given her all this energy and she had, she was just like way more full of movement and expression than she usually was. Cause she realized, you know, she had the fuel for her body. And I think, you know, when we think about food as being energy and fuel, it's not really about, you know, restriction and trying to figure out, you know, what we should and shouldn't have and all of that tied into there. And there's a lot of emotion too around food. So why don't you speak a little bit to, um, you know, the emotions around food and, and what does that feel like and what can we do about that? Yeah, I, first your friend, that's, that's amazing. That's how I envision everyone living is, is not saying, oh shoot, I ate pizza. You're not supposed to eat pizza or hamburgers or French fries, but and that's just coming from the mind and thinking and all these things we've forced on ourselves instead of actually listening to her body like she did and said, wow, I actually had a lot of energy and there's no shame in eating pizza. And, and then, of course, like you said, the emotions that come up, it's like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm a failure because I ate pizza. I'm lazy. Something is wrong with me. There's something to be shameful. And it hits, it hits pretty hard. 
Um, I can think of the example um, when you get out of the shower and you you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. And um, so you can tell yourself, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to be happy. It's, everything's going to be fine. But then you're hit like right in the face with, with these big emotions of like that instance looking and you really don't like it and you feel unworthy and you feel just kind of feel sad and helpless. Like you've tried every diet and it's not working. And, and what do you do when those emotions come up? And the real fact is you can have emotions and still love the way that you look. You can still have emotions and, and eat exactly how you want to eat. Um, it's more about seeing and knowing the deeper side, which is you are beautiful and amazing and worthy and easy life. Um, it's, it's just a natural flow. Uh, you're supported and, um, really that the way you look or the number on the scale has nothing to do with who you are as a person. That's so important. Uh, You know, that number on the scale, so many people define themselves based on that, you know, and, or they start their day deciding if they're a good person or a bad person based on a number on a scale. (laughs) Um, You know what I mentioned, I, I talk about getting rid of the scale. I mean, it's been a long, it's been years since I've weighed myself and to really let go of, of the definition of, of anything really based on that number, um, it's liberating. Yeah, it's, there's so much freedom that comes in when you don't tie your sense of worth or well-being on the number or, um, or if you had a good day or a bad day, if you were good today or not based on, you know, food or the number. Um, yeah. And you mentioned that kind of that concept of getting out of the shower and then deciding how you feel about yourself. That was my experience after I had my second son. One day I got out of the shower and I was just like, oh gosh, you know, not liking my postpartum body. (laughs) And I just decided in that moment, I was like, gosh, you know what? Here I have these two beautiful angels, my boys who love me unconditionally and my husband who loves me unconditionally. He doesn't care what my body is looking like right now. Why am I so wrapped up in it? And I mean, I I hadn't experienced, um, you know, extremes around food or exercise, but it was still for me this important point of coming to accept myself you know I guess how do we do that how do we choose to accept ourselves I I imagine you had a point of of that kind of awareness for yourself yeah there's a couple things I want to speak about that is right now with eating disorders that is a huge thing of saying once you love yourself then your eating disorder will go away or once you accept like you eating disorders come because you're trying to fit like diet to get a certain body weight and so you need to stop that and just accept who you are which i agree there definitely confidence is from the inside out not the outside in but at the same time it's not necessarily um it's, it's not necessarily like, oh, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. So I have to fix that. I have to change that. So in us healing ourselves, there is a huge aspect of accepting who we are and where we're at. And 
And if you want to make changes, then that's fine moving forward. But there's no, a lot of what trips us up is judging ourselves for where we are. And um, so say you are overweight and maybe that's a thing that occurred. You can say, okay, this is what it is. This is where I want to go. But the more we put all this judgment and guilt on top of that, it just compounds us and keeps us stuck. Um, and, and there's no, no need for it. And it's not even true. It's kind of an illusion, our own perception of ourselves. But um, there is a point, regardless of your weight, that you feel worthy and beautiful and sexy. So what do we do when there's so many messages out there about dieting and the, the rules and the shoulds that we need to follow? How do we break free from that? Yeah, dieting can be a confusing and overwhelming thing. And if you know any, talk to anyone or if you've been dieting too, it, it can be really harmful. And um, we know it doesn't work. We know diets aren't effective. We know that there is a business for of dieting for a reason. They, companies want you to buy their diet product. We know it's a flawed system, um, but it also gets us in that mentality of not listening to our bodies. You know, we give our power up and we put it in someone else's hands and say, just tell me what to eat and when and how much. When the fact is we really know, we don't have to tell, ask someone to tell us what to do. Um, we, it's, it's almost like it creates this void of on one side, it's, our mind and our thoughts and what we should and shouldn't do and all the rules. And on the other side is our body and what our body wants and what our body needs. And we separate the two. And so we go on a diet or the diet says, don't eat any carbs or don't eat any fat or only eat this, this, and this, or Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the rules. Yeah. And so we try and do that, but we don't, we're not listening to our body or what our body really wants um, don't eat until 12, um, eat first thing in the morning. And when we're doing that, we are totally putting up a barrier right in front of our body and saying, Hey body, I'm not even going to listen to you at all. I'm just going to listen to this diet advice that doesn't even work. And then when it breaks down, it doesn't work. We can't lose the weight. Then we blame ourselves. We think something's wrong with us and it's really not true at all. Yeah, it sounds like it dis- It really like disconnects us from our body and our truth. And, um, you know, knowing that part of us, like our body knows when we're hungry and when we're full. I even read in this book, um, it was called Intuitive Eating, that our taste buds, are, they actually saturate in taste. And so af- when our body's had enough of something, uh, let's just say we're eating the cookie, the, the cookie will lose taste. Like it won't have the same deliciousness when we first started eating it, it when our body is kind of like, no, it's done with that. And when I started becoming aware of that, I was like, oh yeah, you know what, this, whatever I'm eating, this burger isn't, you know, tasting good anymore or really giving me any flavor. So I'm done. And actually, you know, my tummy feels satisfied too. And I don't need to finish it. Yeah. It's amazing how many systems are working together. And in that that reminds me, if you, I have gone on a really long bike ride and then came in and had some water and an orange and some carrots, and they were the best thing ever, you know? 
it's if you do wait to that point where you're hungry and it just tastes really good, um, or like you do have a hamburger or pizza or whatever, and you the first few bites are really delicious, and then I actually hadn't heard the thing about the taste buds, but you you have the first few bites, and then after that, it's your body knows when to stop. There's lots of cues going on, mm-hmm. but when we get in our heads and trip ourselves up of oh my gosh, I had, I only was supposed to eat half of the hamburger or they told me to take the bun off because that saves 50 calories and I didn't. And all of this thinking, then we're no longer listening to our body. We would know when to stop. Mm -hmm. But when we're in that place, it's not as clear. It's not as easy and joyful. Yeah. And when we're in our head too much, we're not in our body and feeling and being present with our bodies and its cues. Right. And observing. Yeah. It's a huge thing. Observing. Wow. I, I don't like to eat a dessert during the middle of the day because then I fall asleep later. Mm-hmm. Versus. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. No, you, you go. I was, oh, I was going to go into talking about, um, you know, like the scale of consciousness or the scale of vibrations, like where shame, guilt, and fear are kind of that lower level um, vibration and emotion where, uh, you know, our potential is really to shift into this expansive states where we feel gratitude and appreciation and love and um, acceptance. And, you know, I think food can, or the way we approach food and things can really derail us from those higher states. Like if we're, we can, if we're like appreciating food, eating it in joy and gratitude for the nourishment and the deliciousness that it provides for us, then we are in a higher state. But we could, if we're approaching food from all of our rules and guilt and shame, then it kind of, it brings us into that lower vibration. Um, And one thing I learned about shame is like when we're shaming ourselves and being like, oh, I'm bad, I'm doing this, it, it perpetuates it. So it's like shame cycling. So then we then we will keep eating the cookies instead of just like having one or two and being like, oh my gosh, that was delicious and satisfying. Thank you for that. I mean, you know, or just in shame and we're not eating presently and just um, it, it perpetuates the behaviors that we're wanting to heal really. That's, that's one of the main points on the path to freedom is knowing that restriction chatter and shame, guilt chatter, is binge chatter. So it, it is perpetuating. It is keeping you in this cycle. It's not, oh, I ate a hamburger. Okay, moving on. It's, I ate a hamburger. I'm a horrible person. I feel so shameful carrying this low energy. Like you said, it's the lowest on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, feeling horrible, just hating our experience, um, feeling awful about ourselves, feeling anxious about the next few days when who knows, maybe it'll happen again and we won't be able to say no. And that anxiety and those lower emotional states that we're not meant to live in and that we don't have to live in, but yeah, the food choices, dieting keeps us stuck down there. Yeah. And now tell me more about the path, you know, what, what else is important for people to kind of take with them in their approach to their body this way? Yeah. So one is, like I said, knowing that if there's ever, if you're getting caught up in the restriction and the dieting, wanting to, like, I need to restrict because I need to lose weight or I, 
Um, I feel guilty. I feel shameful. I shouldn't have eaten that. It's, uh, it's kind of the opposite side of it. We always look at the, the chatter encouraging us to eat, like, come on, you can start your diet on Monday, or um, it'll be really good, or the constant thoughts about, yum, all I want is donuts. So that's the one side pushing us to eat. Mm-hmm. The other side is pushing us like, don't eat. You better not. You're going to break your diet. And, and that, that, or the shame too, that is actually just as much of a driver pushing us to keeping us stuck in our, in our habits and our patterns. Um, so, so the first, that one is letting go of the, the, um, the restriction and the shame chatter, any feelings around that. And then there's, there's the aspect of viewing cravings as neurological junk. I I heard me say that earlier, it's chatter. So anytime you have a physical sensation, a physical urge, um, mental thoughts, a tough day, emotions that are, um, that are convincing you to go and eat, reach for the food, knowing that, Hey, this isn't, this isn't really me. This is just a conditioned response. It's just kind of like a, it's like my brain was firing funny and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of glitch. I don't have to listen to these anymore and they're not true. Um, and I can just relax into it and watch them fade. Um, which is like you were saying, instead of fighting it, um, making it go away, it's just, okay, I realize that I have a craving. I'm just, I'm going to wait it out and I'm, I can. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds like awareness and observing the, the emotions and the reaction and the feeling. That is, that is definitely, that's a huge thing. So it's observing it and being aware, like, wow, I I have uh, these emotions of shame coming up right now. I have this um, urge to go and eat. And so observing and just saying, huh, this is, this is a pattern. And then instead of jumping in and, um, and jumping on that, identifying it and saying, yeah, I'm really a chocolate addict. You just kind of take a step back, observe, let it be there. And it's mindfulness just detaching from it and it, and it passes just like all other human experience passes. Mm, Yeah. I love that. It's a powerful place to be. Right. Yeah, of course. So that, that's the other one. And then uh, letting go of perfection is a, is a huge part that when we get tripped up in um, knowing that we want to eat healthy, we want to be perfect. We, the diet, it goes along with the diet mentality too of, okay, I want to lose weight for my high school reunion or our trip to Mexico or whatever reason. And so you say, okay, this week I'm going to be perfect. I'm not going to eat any dessert and I'm going to follow the diet perfectly. And then the second you go just a little bit off, you make the tiniest mistake. Um, Instead of saying like, wow, I've made a lot of progress. I'm practicing. I'm getting better. This is awesome. We go into, I blew it. I messed up. I might as well stop and get an entire pizza and (laughs) brownies. And then it's just, it's, it's also a cycle. Trying to be perfect actually really sets you back a lot. Mm. And did you have one more? And then they're, I, they're kind of broken into two. I I kind of merged them. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Eating enough, making sure you're getting enough. That's a, big thing with being on a diet, you kind of do create, it's hard to not think about food all the time when you're not physically getting enough food. Mm. It does put you into that higher levels of cortisol, uh, panic, 
frenzy, like we need food. So if you're making sure you're actually eating enough um, and then separating the higher brain, viewing cravings as junk and letting go of perfection. Oh, cool. That, those are very powerful tips. Yeah. I love that. I also find, you know, I guess being a woman, some of the female conversation around there and less, I have brothers and things, but day to day less around men, but women, I'm going to generalize here. I don't like to generally generalize, (laughs) but you know, women have a tendency to kind of talk about their bodies and talk about how bad they feel in their body. And it can be this, I feel like this vicious cycle for some people to always I guess I don't, I shouldn't say always be talking about it, but to focus on that a lot and always in, in making that part of their daily talk and conversation with other people. Yeah, it just, it points, that's a hard thing for me too, even because I, I want to tell them, well, stop dieting or you're, you're beautiful. You're awesome. And sometimes I think they're kind of looking for that uh, reassurance, but that's a side thing. Mm. Um, And in general, it just, points at the fact that we don't have to be thinking about that constantly, even though that comes up all the time and is in the back of our minds of, God, I want to diet and I can't, and I just tried this new diet and uh, my baby weight won't come off. And it it is a huge topic, Mm -hmm. but knowing that it's like the lower fear-based emotions. And when we're popped up to this place of joy and freedom and allowance and, uh, creativity with food and um, just excitement, then then all of that goes away. Yeah, that's true. It would just fall away. I mean, that's not even part of the conversation when you're in joy. <laughs> right. And peace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Anything else you want to speak to around um, food or listening to your body? I do have one last thing. I as far as the shame goes, I, I know that Sylvester Graham in the 1800s was um, told everyone that sexual urges are something to stay away from. And so that everyone should have a diet that is really bland. And so limited dairy and bland starches, and that will eliminate all lustful behavior and sinful, um, yeah, experiences and so that is where it originated, all the shame. Well, that's one of the places that perpetuated it as it's sinful to eat a certain way. You should be eating bland, plain things. Um, and so really this whole concept that we have of uh, trying to hide food or sneak food or um, we eat a certain thing and then we feel awful about ourselves. It really is just a concept we made up. Some guy, I think Sylvester Graham, like food has nothing to do with how you feel and your shame. And um, that's, that's what I wanted to add. Yeah. I mean, that's so true too, how, you know, in families too, the, what is the example that we're putting out there for our children? You know, are we teaching them to accept and love themselves and listen to their own body and honor their own body? Or are we like trying to tell them what exactly what it should be and what they can and can't have? And the constant, you know, there's um, oftentimes uh, there's just something different in like trying to uh, be that example and teach other people how to 
trust and listen to their own body free from all those rules and shoulds and right yeah oh my gosh it's been a pleasure Brooke thank you so much I I am so inspired by you and your show and I hope that anyone listening to this can feel a little bit more at peace and know that um having a great relationship with food that you're listening to your body is entirely possible and having confidence and belief in yourself is, is so much closer than you think. That's so true. It is possible. I love that message. So if anyone would like to connect with you or learn more or, um, you know, go to your website, how would you like for them to do that? Sure. My website is the best way. I have some blogs and I have, um, I have a newsletter you can sign up for or a webinar you can watch. And that's at www.brookwineland.com. And you should find me. And please, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help in any way. Oh, I'll give my email address too. That's coaching at brook, no, coaching.brookwineland at gmail.com. Okay. And I'll have the link to your website in the show notes too. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Brooke. This message is so important and so powerful. Thank you. Yeah, keep doing your good work in the world. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks. Listeners, my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. Chapter by chapter, this book will help you free the mind, free the body, free the soul, free you, free others. I talk a lot about intuition and our potential, so my hope is that it speaks to your soul and helps you to heal and become free from the inside out. And I have an app that will support you on your healing journey and radiance, and it is free to download and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, power words for retraining your mind and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your healing journey. For the information on that, go to rachelapp.com. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. EWN Podcast Network.